0: It's Saturday morning, it's 10 o'clock, this is the Van Wee Financial Hour, I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And we are here in the studio this Saturday morning of the Florida Georgia weekend, and it's a little bit um, overcast and stuff like that, but as Adam pointed out appropriately, it's nice and cool anyway, so nobody's going to be complaining about the heat. Hope it doesn't rain on everybody, but I also, I was Telling about my trip in on Butler this morning, how getting passed by cars doing 85, 90 miles an hour all over the place. So I figured, hey, it's all those Georgia people in town don't know any better. I watched every license plate and they're all from Florida. So people, there are a lot of folks in town. They try to be careful, especially after the game and tonight. People don't know their way around, but they're looking for a place to spend their money. Let them do it safely, I say. So, welcome to all the Georgia people. Hope one of our better teams wins. Well, one of them will, but I'm not sure which one has it. <laughs> anyway, here we are. We're talking to Howard Bergalis on the way while we were switching uh, studios here. And he always likes to know how the week was. And we told him it was fantastic. He said, well, you said it was good last week. And we said, oh, yeah, nothing like this, though.
1: <laughs> this nope. was good. And it was good the week before. And yeah, the week it was. before.
0: Uh-huh. The, the Dow was on a tear, especially more mm-hmm. than anything else. And one of the interesting things before we get into the details was that the master of suspense, sort of the, the uh, Alfred Hitchcock of his day, I call him, Elon Musk, pulled it off. He did. And after all the months and weeks and the crying and whining and lawsuits and everything else, there is a new head twit in
1: town. Well,. The crying and whining hasn't stopped. That and, it's and probably ran. In fact, up. it might be just starting here. <laughs> and it's hilarious. I tell you, I have never
0: been so proud to share a birthday with anybody that I can think of. But Musk and I do share a birthday and little else. <laughs> Although he can share with me as much as he wants. <laughs> so just keep my investments doing what they're doing. We'll we'll talk. <laughs> anyway, lots went on and it was good and fun. So take it away.
1: Yeah. Uh, one trading day left in October and the NASDAQs put together a pretty good run to end up about 5% ahead of where it was last month. However, the s and done even better. It's gained 8.8%. But then we'll look at the Dow, which is pretty much run away for the lead and it's gained 14.4% in October. There's only two months in history where the Dow has gained more than that. Uh, if those results hold on Monday, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's a big if. Yep. Uh, it's really been a great month, but from a charting perspective, we're really not out of the woods yet. The S&P 500 did break above its 50-day moving average this week, but it's not really close to its 200-day moving average yet. In the late summer, we saw a similar rally, which was stopped right at the 200-day moving average, which then reversed and plunged down below the June lows, and that was just a few weeks ago. So... The question is, will the bulls be able to propel the index past that 200-day that moving average barrier? And really, only time will tell. I have no idea what will happen, but I would not be surprised if we did test it again. And and not all that far in the future. I could see late November, early December, or even sooner. I could see. You, you give me a scenario, and I could see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, but it really wasn't a pretty amazing week. Um, It was. uh, Friday didn't start out like it was going to be a a really big day, and we actually pushed up the Dow over 800 points uh, of gain, um, and then it pulled back just around 770, I think it closed, but still pretty remarkable day. It up 828. Oh, was it? Yeah, it settled up. Okay. Okay. there were a lot of earnings uh, released this week and it generally was not great. Facebook and Amazon both had pretty major misses causing their stocks to fall to multi-year lows. And then Apple came along and had a really nice quarter and they rallied. Just under 550 companies have now reported and the beat rates fell from last week. to six, They're down to 69.8% on earnings and 67.9% on revenues. If you've pay attention to the show, and uh, I do this every quarter, Uh, those numbers might seem kind of low, but historically they're actually well above the long-term averages. So while they're not in the 70s like they were last week, they're still pretty strong. However, If I
0: could settle for that at the close of this season, I'd do it right now.
1: Yeah, but there is some underlying weakness. So Mm, there's a negative trend that sort of emerged that we haven't seen in quite a while, and that's that more companies are lowering their forward guidance than raising their forward guidance. And last week in this earning season, it was actually the opposite of that. More companies mm-hmm. were raising than lowering, but now that we've seen more companies, it's gone the other way. And that is not a good sign for next quarter.
0: Yes, yeah, CEOs are getting sort of um, a little gun-shy, I think, because you know what happens when you miss. So you, when you're issuing your guidance, if you're really, really upbeat – And you say so and something happens, then it's not a good thing. So I think it's it's partly just common sense caution that's being exhibited here.
1: Uh, Perhaps there's a lot of uncertainty around next year. You can't turn on the news these days without hearing a a recession prediction about Mm -hmm. next year. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that's. Uh, but usually what everyone is predicting doesn't happen. So now I'm getting a little more upbeat about <laughs> next year. Um, Contrary and all the way. That's just how it goes. I, yep. It's um, They're almost never right when everyone is saying the same thing. It's uh, something else happens. Um, as stocks rallied this week, yields fell a bit despite the upcoming Fed meeting where we're almost certain to see a 75 basis point rate hike. The yield on the 10-year fell from 42 to just over 4% during the week, causing a minor uptick in bond prices. Uh, the the ETF AGG, that's the total bond market, that was up 1.5%. Well, TLT, the long treasury bond ETF, climbed 4% during the week. So I don't think that that is a thing that is going to last very long. I still think yields are mm-hmm. going to tick higher again next week. And, they almost but, have to. But you can see with especially TLT, where there's going to be a buying point Ooh, okay. for those ETFs that is going to uh, be ideal. It's just really hard to predict when that will be. But at some point, you're going to see a, a really good run up in TLT and and not a bad, I mean, if you can hit it right, you're going to make some mm-hmm. money.
0: Well, after 20 years of bond bulls having their way, we've now settled back down. And it's down to a, a
1: level where it's starting attractive, to be yeah, very attractive. Definitely. Um, just like 7% mortgage rates have slowed the housing market. The corporate bond market is not seeing much activity uh, much like it, it hasn't, it's seen really strong activity in recent years with low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Why not loan money or why not take out debt when you can, uh, when your debt is at 2% or less. In fact, this low, this is the slowest year for issuances since 2011. Those seven, sp- those 7% mortgage rates also caused, uh, some pretty interesting things to happen in the housing market this week. We're definitely seeing home prices roll over a bit, um, and demand go down both the F H F a and the case Schiller home price index showed weaker than expected prices. The case Schiller data showed prices falling 9.81% month over month on an annualized basis that we haven't seen a negative number like that in, in quite a while now that's just one month annualized so i wouldn't make that a i wouldn't say that's a trend just yet but if we continue to see that then i think we can safely say that housing prices are headed down generally the higher price the region the more the homes fell so think california cities new york those types of places and new home sales fell almost 11% month over month september versus august and the month's supply of new homes has crept up from about three months to over nine months in the last couple of years. So definitely seeing the housing market go in the wrong direction right now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a better time to buy in a little while. But there's some arguments I could make on that, too. Much more on this after the break. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. This is Van We Financial Hour welcome back to the van we financial hour i'm steve van we and i'm adam van we and we do have a trivia question as usual brought to you by ken bales at first coast alarm you can call ken at 904 636-7888 i want to talk about the supply chain a little bit one of the problems we've been suffering from for a long time was in the supply chain and at the peak of the problem in the covid era There were 109 ships off the coast of California waiting to get into the ports in L.A. and Long Beach. At 109 ships now, many, many have been brought in and unloaded, and the demand is down somewhat. So they haven't wiped out the backlog, but it's going in the right direction. How many ships are waiting offshore as we speak? It's just a a number between one and something under 109. Fair enough. Yep. Also want to remind people, lines are open, 904-222-8255. And we've got a little more talking to do about the economy and a couple of the stats that came out and some things that are underlying that are potentially disturbing. But we'll get into this in, in the form of a discussion that tells you how tough it is to navigate in this climate because – we have conflicting goals going on. So we'll get into that. So anyway, take it away. Let's, let's talk about the gross domestic product.
1: Well, if you just look at the headline number, it looked like a great quarter for GDP. We saw a 2.6% growth rate and the, that is coming off of two consecutive uh, quarters where the, where the GDP contracted. So, wow. I mean, really. Did we go into a recession and come out? I mean, that's a really strong rebound from a recession. Uh, but then you dig into the numbers and the it was mainly due to trade and inventories that yeah. that the reason that number looks so good. You look at the consumption portion or the consumer portion and it really weakened during the quarter. The only positive contributor from the consumer portion was the services sector. And that was even that was really weak and it was overall it was just about as bad of a report as a two percent 2.6% growth rate could look really poor.
0: Quite true. Also, by uh, the way, the personal consumption expenditures, which is a, a, an underlying inflation rate, didn't look very good either.
1: It was up 5.5% for the month, and that was about the same as last month. Uh, so, not jumping much higher, but also not rolling over like we need to see it do. So, the, I really think the Fed is is dead set on 75 basis points next week. So. Oh,
0: slam, Doug. I'd bet anybody a, a bright new Lincoln penny on that one. So, all right, we have a caller. Good morning,
2: Phil. Good, good morning, Howard and Stephen. Uh, things are good here. How about you? Better. Health is a lot better. Good. You sound good. Better. Uh, I'm going to go back in time before I put a shot at your uh, good trivia question and really good one this week. And, uh, and I think I'm a little older than you guys, but the, I remember the Arab oil embargo. Oh. I had teensters and, uh, and dock workers, uh, relatives, cousins and whatnot, back. I, I want to say 70, 72, or 74, because I went to the Middle East in 77. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that was thousands of ship everywhere. It yep. was just a slowdown. I'm going to say 78, um, but I'm probably I'm probably a little high. Too high, yep. I'll, I'll give you that. And I don't Google. I just guess it with my expertise like you guys and you're awesome. And uh, even though I'm a Gator fan, I put my money on the Bulldogs because I saw the point spread of <laughs> yeah, it. Was. And I, 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 sorry. I have three nieces and nephews. I put through Gatorville uh, with the masters <laughs> and everything. And it's like, I hope they don't find out I bet I bet with the Bulldogs cause I'll be thrown out of orange park and you guys have a, up the good work, and <laughs> I you know, appreciate it. Along with the good economy comes the so so economy, and sure, who knows what tomorrow brings. You know, I'm just glad we don't live in Russia. Thank God, <laughs> you got a the point there. We <laughs> Thanks Thanks the call. Call. Yeah, have no, we have no economy and no investments,
0: right? Exactly.
1: Take care, bye bye.
0: I've it's a classic case of who are you going to believe me or your own lion eyes when you watch those two football teams? You got to pick one, I yeah, Mr. Marshall. How are you?
3: Good morning, gentlemen.
0: Haven't heard Uh, from you for almost a week.
3: Yeah. I've won recently, so I I shouldn't guess.
0: Oh, you go Uh, ahead.
3: I do have a question, and I would like to know if you could debunk something. Um, Someone who was pretty prominent in the previous administration was adamant on radio last week that a lot of our gain that we've been getting here has been large institutions who were previously had heavy Chinese investment that they're pulling it out and having to find places here to put that money. Have y'all heard anything to that effect?
0: I can't prove it, but I'll tell you one thing. Anybody with half a brain should have gotten out of China by now.
1: Yeah, That China is a dumpster fire right now. It's really bad for everything from property... To their companies, to their markets, everything is down big in the last month.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I would, I would probably agree, without being able to prove it. How's that?
3: Okay, and my question for you. Yep. For someone who has bumped up against the Irma limit before, mm-hmm. I became become very anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, is a spousal IRA. Deducted from the Maggie calculation to yes. determine
0: if I'm stuck with Irma. Yes, it's an above the line Thanks deduction. For- IRA contributions are above the line, and the the what he Marshall's talking about for those who don't know, Irma is the excess you pay for Medicare if you earn over certain amounts of money, and it steps up and it steps up pretty sharply. Yeah, it can be a significant
1: retirement expense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that, that one counts because it is deductible, assuming Marshall, that you're not excluded from taking that deduction by your other forms of income. So on a normal no. day, when it's a deductible contribution, it matters not if it's spousal or simple or your own or whatever. It only matters if it's a traditional deductible type and it does come off above the line. Therefore, it helps you on, on your adjusted gross income as modified meaning yes you, if you want to get it, get below that limit that's a good way to do it
3: thank you very much
0: a pleasure you want to take a shot at the trivia oh well call back yeah, yeah. anyway um let we're, we we're picking up on something oh I, yeah the the GDP number another thing that's hurting us um, the dollar has gotten so strong mm-hmm. that it's just got to stop
1: yeah and and Gosh, we're talking about China. If you look at the value of their currency versus the dollar right now, it is plummeting. In the tank, yeah.
0: So that's making a real big difference in what would otherwise have been the GDP. And it's it's artificial at this point. Those of you of a certain age, like mine, might remember back in the 80s when Ronald Reagan gave a speech and people were shocked to hear him say, The dollar is just too darn strong. And what he meant was our manufacturers are taking it on the chin, trying to export to other countries. And that's where we are now. And I'm not sure exactly what it's going to take to get it turned around. But as long as the Fed keeps raising the reward for holding dollars, meaning raising interest rates, it's not going to happen right away. So When that does finally either slow down, stop, or reverse – then hopefully that'll ease some of the pressure on the dollar, which is also good for you gold and silver investors out there since uh, they are dollar-denominated investments. You notice that gold has really taken it on the chin in a time of hyperinflation. It's just wrong, but it's all dollar-based. Silver, on the other hand, is really plodding along. It's been very quiet lately, but it's just kind of sneaking up, sneaking up. And that's because of all the industrial uses that we put it to. So it's not just a something shiny object where you look over and see that. It actually has some. Some of those commercials that you see for it are, are actually true, and it's not expensive. I agree with the commercials. And of course, full disclosure, I, I own quite a bit of it naturally. So anyway, back to. You got anything else? Anything else you want to wrap up on the? Yeah, I just wanted want to over? mention
1: on the house prices. Th- those are national trends, yeah. and um, the the areas that are hitting the the hardest are cities like San Jose and San Fr- San Francisco. They are looking at drops of ten percent. The Northeast hasn't seen it yet, but experts are saying that that's the next likely place that house price declines will happen. Mm-hmm. Florida so far has largely been immune to that, um, and I think. That has to do with our increased population so uh, the places that are, are going down are really where people are moving out of and the places that are are not seeing the declines are places that people are relocating to so i think that we will to a degree be insulated from it but i don't know that we will be completely insulated
0: yeah um you can't imagine that every place in Florida is as desirable as every other place. So people moving in are going to tend and have a tendency to be the people going to Miami, which Miami is just absolutely booming.
1: Yeah, it it, it is. Um, both those cities have been booming, although Jacksonville has been booming too. So we have, um, we
0: we don't get the national attention, but our economy is
1: pretty darn good. Yeah. And so I I don't know what ultimately will happen in Florida, but I do know that we are probably not as in big a trouble as, say, California.
0: Yep, And, you know, eventually this will come and rates will start dropping. Howard and Angela were talking this morning about buy a house and do it now. And if you think about it, if you lock in, they were talking about fixed housing costs, being mm-hmm. your best friend. It when you true. think about it, rates are going to come down. And what do you do if you've got a 30-year mortgage refi. at a high rate? Yes. It's very simple. Yep, You call Christine Kennedy or somebody like that and you say, I want a refi. And you can pick up, but you locked in the price of your house back in the days when, well, when? The days like Now.
1: Yeah, and, and one nice thing about inflation, it really does make your monthly housing payment feel a lot cheaper as time goes on. And if on. that is
0: your largest monthly expenditure, you mm-hmm. did yourself a favor. No doubt. Much more to come after the next break. We'll be right back. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam
1: Van Wee. And I
0: want to remind everyone two related items. Lines are open, 904-222-8255. And the trivia question is still available the number of ships awaiting ports in L.A. and Long Beach, California, at the peak of the supply chain problem was 109. That has fallen quite sharply, and we know today it's less than 78, but how many? That's the question of the day, so to speak. Um, how about a quick entry in the only government could do this
1: Buck? All right. We
0: have been... Talking for a month or two, I guess, on and off with various people about the the really excellent interest rate on I bonds. Mm-hmm. And those interest rates are reset every six months on November 1st and May 1st. Well, you still have a chance to get in for the one that will be altered again on Tuesday, and by altered I mean reduced. So their demand has been absolutely out of sight relative to a normal time period because I bonds were out of favor when there wasn't any real inflation or interest rate. So nobody cared, but uh, something strange is going on out there and the, they are purchased at the government website called treasury And
1: that website has been down. So I'm on the website right now. It's up, but they're, it says uh, there is scheduled maintenance from approximately twelve AM Eastern Time Saturday through eleven fifty nine Eastern Time Sunday. So I don't know if you could do a purchase right now or not. But I
0: tried to. I I clicked on the set up an account thing this morning and got nothing. Open a new
1: account. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. No, it's not working. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> and and it says scheduled maintenance. Yeah. So let me guess. You would run your business this way, right? Absolutely. The, of course. The last week of a really busy time, mm-hmm. demand at its peak for the last several years, let's just schedule some maintenance on it, shall we? You can't make this up, people? Nope. You absolutely, positively cannot make this stuff up.
1: So Only I, in America. I have, a, I have an announcement. Um, I've been talking about this for weeks, but uh, Joe's Jog for a Cure is actually next Saturday morning at 8.30 in Nocatee. So if you are a runner or a walker, it's a 5K race or a one-mile walk. It's for a great cause. It was set up by uh, by some friends of ours who lost their son to childhood cancer. They are raising money for the Mulligan Lab at St. Jude's Research Hospital. And the reason that it's going to that lab is that lab is actually researching the exact type of leukemia that took their son. So um, really great cause and it'll be a fun morning starts at eight 30 out in nakati November 5th. And you can register at joestrong.org.
0: Very fine. I hope we get a beautiful day for it.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully better than be this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you're doing a run or yeah. a walk
0: yeah. it, in the absence of the rain, the rest of the weather is really conducive for that right now. All right. I I've made fun of our government now. Let's go across the pond and make fun of another one. The Great Reset. Many of you probably followed the tractor parades. If you remember in Canada, in the wintertime in Canada, or maybe it was over the summer, I can't even remember, but not long ago, the uh, truckers were lined up in protest of the uh, the price of things and their inability to afford to do their jobs, that sort of thing. But that protest took a little different form in the Netherlands when tractors started lining up on the roads because farmers are being targeted to reduce their emissions and therefore they're, they're having to do without things like nitrogen, which means that they basically are out of work if they can't get fertilizer on their crops. And the the uh, erudite and... Ever so insightful, brilliant people who run the countries over there have decided that they're going to start training a subset of the population to live the way they want you to live. So Dutch children of a certain age, I think it's around 10 to 12, are now being fed in their school lunch program mealworms. And I'm not making this up children-fed mealworms at school as meat alternative. Now, Europe is America a little ahead of us. And if this kind of thing is allowed to propagate there, it will come over here. And you know there are people like Bill Gates out there trying to do exactly that and make sure that we do not eat regular old food anymore. If this doesn't upset you and make you watch what's going on here then I'm not doing my job very well. But these people must be stopped. If you had to, homeschool your kids and feed them a real burger, something like that. I just shake my head. It's beyond my comprehension at my age that anybody is this ridiculously, I don't know, misled, whatever. Anyway, I can get off of that now. Something positive. I told you a little bit about my admiration for Elon Musk. There's another guy that I think a lot of, too. and His name is Vivek Ramaswamy, which I've said this many times before, one of the great names of all time. But Vivek uh, has made a lot of money, he started a biotech company, sold it, and has a lot of cash. And he he got upset at one of the things that upset me, um, I don't know, a year ago or whenever. When Musk announced that he wanted to buy buy uh, Twitter, he announced that he had kind of quietly amassed enough shares that he was the largest shareholder in Twitter. And almost immediately, some rebuttals came out in the news. one of them was from the most probably the most uh, perfectly named guy in the finance arena. His name is Larry Fink. And I'm telling you, the more you know about him, the more you see what I mean. He is the head of BlackRock. Back in the old days, when iShares ETFs came out, they were owned by Barclays Bank. Subsequently, along the way, they were purchased by BlackRock. And I thought, well, that's cool. You know, They used to be European, the British Bank, and I was using them because I liked them. But now they're coming home. So I'm even happier to use them now because they're American. Well, he they came out. He came out and said, "No, Elon, you're not the biggest shareholder. I am." And what he was referring to was, they, like so many other companies do, they make up exchange traded funds, and one of the big ones, and many people have it, is the the. Uh, S&P 500 index type fund where all of the companies that are modeled in the index are owned in this ETF. But Larry Fink doesn't own my shares of what's in my holding of their 500 fund. I own it. I'm the beneficial owner of those. And if I wanted to, I could tunnel in there and make damn sure that they sent me all the proxies in the world and I'd vote them independently, but nobody has really time to do that. Fink calling them his shares and calling BlackRock the biggest shareholder is an egregious abuse of terminology, if nothing else. And Ramaswamy saw that, and he said, this is ridiculous. Now, why does it matter now when it never mattered before? And this is where it gets interesting. Most of you have heard of ESG investing, environmental, social, and governmental that means
1: they want Gover- to... Governance.
0: Governance. Yeah. That means they want to treat your employees right, and, and you've got to have green plans and zero-carbon targets and all that stuff. No. You, who are running these companies, have one goal and one goal only, and that is to maximize the wealth of your shareholders. So, Ramaswamy started first a... Um, Five hundred and p 500 Index Fund. The symbol is S-T-R-V. He has since done a uh, an energy company's ETF. And it's called Drill, D-R-L-L. And what he's doing, one by one, they're writing letters to the companies that are the most egregious abusers of the ESG, telling them that that's not their job. And meanwhile, those of us who follow these things... Are cashing in our iShares when we can. So I moved my 500 index holdings over to STRV and my energy holdings over to DRLL because the bigger they get and the smaller the other ones get, the more influence he's going to have by challenging the people who are running these companies in a manner that I think is just detrimental to long-term success. So I, I asked everybody a couple of weeks ago, look up Strive Asset Management, S-T-R-I-V-E. That's Vivek Ramaswamy and his partner who actually runs the show. And you will see what they're doing. And you could read these letters that they're sending to the CEOs of the companies that are included in their indices. And they are really, really um, nasty. So I, I like him. I hope you do. And I hope we can make some headway in that and settle down and not have things like eating mealworms as a result of all of that. Um, Not enough time left to dig into another big topic. So we'll um, suffice it to say we've got a few things to do yet today and probably enough that we could take the next three hours. But we'll try to you uh, keep it short and reasonable because we want to talk about changes in irs rules for determining how much you can deposit things like that be right back this is the van we financial hour welcome back to the van we financial hour i'm steve van we and i'm adam van Wee. lines remain open 904-222-8255 how many ships are currently waiting to be offloaded outside of la and long beach down from 109 at the peak of the supply chain crisis. And this is kind of good news because it's part of what we're doing to catch up. It also probably played a little role in the the higher GDP in the quarter because things like semiconductors got delivered to car makers who could then plug them into their cars and sell the car that somebody was trying to buy six months ago and couldn't because it wouldn't run. But Adam and I have been talking lately about the contradictory nature of some of the things that are going on now because the Fed's job is to get inflation down. So they want to reduce demand, which is why they're raising interest rates. And by doing that, we're trying to find what they call the soft lasting landing, which would mean that demand dropped just right instead of crashing down. They would call that demand destruction. So hopefully they'll get it. Good morning, Carl. Carl?
2: I don't think so. No, it didn't get it. No, it didn't get it.
0: Didn't press the button very well. Good morning, Carl.
2: I was just only taking a guess at your trivia question. Sure, go ahead. Twenty-seven.
0: Twenty-seven. Too
2: high. Oh wow! Then it went down.
0: They they really have done a pretty good job, haven't they?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised the unions would do that good. <laughs> good point. But you know, if you if you look, I don't look... mean to cut the unions. My father was union. Oh, but... my
0: dad was IBEW. Yeah, we all know about those things. <laughs> And the, uh, the the problem that we're seeing here is that part of that is just because the demand has been reduced so far that new ships aren't coming in to, at the same rate as the they were back then. So it's it's a good news bad news scenario. Mm-hmm. What can you yeah, say? Yeah,
2: and what's going to happen is people get uh, fed up with that. They'll go through the canal and use the yep. east coast.
0: Yeah, that's already been happening. If yeah. you remember, DeSantis mean, yeah. invited them around. And a few, <laughs> right the a few took them up on it, yeah. actually. And it, we've, hey, we've got a lot of ports I live up on the East here. Coast. Yeah, exactly. I live
2: on the East Coast. Good, good, more work for us.
0: I absolutely agree. Bring it on, I say. You know, and it, it's
2: cheaper labor.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, and better people. But I'm biased. Yeah, I'll agree with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd right, appreciate the call. Thanks. All right. Have a good day.
0: You do. Bye. Good morning, Bob.
2: Hey, good morning. Hey, I have
4: a comment uh, real quick uh, sure. to, to go along with your mealy worms um, <laughs> in the, in one of the build back better plans that the Dems were trying to introduce uh, the Calamers association out here. They were going to try to uh, add a tax on a $2,000 a year per head for meat cows and $10,000 a year on a dairy cow, because a dairy cow lives a long time. Oh, yeah. So, Goody. to help with the, with the green gas uh, stuff. You for, know? All, for all the uh, the the farts that they yeah. create that destroy the... the yeah, the yeah. pollution, pollution etc. And you know who's probably in conjunction, in, in collusion, is Bill Gates with that. Of course. Know, with his, yeah, I'm sure. We he, get an offer about every other week for $35,000 for our property out there, out here from one of his fake companies, so...
0: Yeah, um, if you can, hold out forever. Oh,
4: absolutely, we will.
0: I don't want hey, well, him owning any more farmland for the sole purpose of not farming it.
4: Exactly, and we're we are um, on to him. So um, I send a letter back to some of them, you know, for the ridiculous offer. Good. But anyhow, can I take a guess? But of course. Yeah. I'd say three ships.
0: Well... Three is a little
4: low. Okay. You know what? Right. I say we give it to him. No, 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 no. You know, give it to somebody else. I I just took a. That was a swag. I right, Well, you're you you were goop, close enough that you made me think.
1: All right. So we know it's between three and twenty-seven. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: Well, you're you're a gentleman. Yep. <laughs> take yep. take care of yourself. Thanks for the call. All right. Take Thanks, care,
4: Bye.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what can you say? All right. Savers. Some good news, finally. First of the year, there have been changes in what we can put into our IRAs and our 401ks. This is truly good news. It's the biggest increase ever. Yeah. So the the uh, 401k, for instance, $2,000 increase in
1: what the employee can contribute. Taking the total to $22,500 uh-huh. uh, if you're under... Age um, fifty right. and over age fifty, you get. how uh, Did they raise? The, they did. The excess. Yeah. What is that? Seventy five hundred. Wow. Your new limit now for ages fifty and up
0: is thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand. That's incredible. That is incredible and incredibly good news. There are still some things pending in some legislation. There's one that would be a little disturbing to me, but I'll take it for the higher limits if I have to, and that is that is that they're Contemplating making all catch up contributions Roth style after tax contributions.
1: Again, this is this is something that is an idea. It is nowhere right. near becoming a reality right now. Well it's it's in one of the bills that's being merged after the election. Sure. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I mean if, what would you if put a if, a, I would put its odds at twenty percent, maybe. I, who knows.
0: I think you're probably right about that. All right. For all of you people who are generous with your children or or whatever, family members, whatever. Any person has the ability starting January one to give any other real person seventeen thousand dollars a year. It's been sixteen for quite a while. It's mm-hmm. fifteen and fourteen and thirteen if if you follow this stuff for a long time. It goes up, but it goes up in increments of a thousand, so it doesn't change every year. I would much prefer, of course, just a straight indexing. But you don't, I I prefer a lot of things that don't happen.
1: That that's pretty interesting for this reason. If you are a wealthy person that is trying is older and trying to draw down your estate and trying to avoid estate taxes, if you're married and you have a child who's married and you want to start an early gifting program, you could now give them sixty eight thousand dollars a year without triggering any sort of gift tax return. So that's a fairly sizable number especially if you have multiple years to do that yep it's absolutely
0: true also for those of you who are a little more comfortable than the rest of us from an estate standpoint the new estate tax exclusion is 12.9 million each person not bad no not bad at all now that is very likely to fall in the future yes but if you do some careful planning First off, if you're a married couple, be sure to apply for portability. That means if one spouse dies, it will I go think, away.
1: I think that's automatic it
0: now. Was. It was. It's not anymore. You have to actually file a form for it now. Okay. Uh, you want to do that. Even if if your spouse died and your net worth is a million dollars, apply for the portability anyway to take it up to the 26 or so. And the reason you want to do that is because there are some big lottery tickets out there. You know, the rules of the lottery one, the person who wins will have bought a ticket two, that person will not be you. And three, there's an exception to rule two. I don't know who it'll be.
1: Well, if it is, you call us.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're talking about this yesterday in the office. There was a, a, a guy, I guess over a couple, I don't know in Illinois who claimed the 1.3 billion just recently after waiting six months. And because Illinois allows you to stay anonymous, they're going to.
1: Yeah. In Florida, we're not so lucky. You no. can't stay anonymous, but yeah. uh, it is nice that he was able to do that in Illinois. And for a small firm, we actually have a lot of lottery winner we experience. Do. So if you do win, give us a call.
0: Yeah, who can call us before anybody else, but the, the last thing you ever want to see if you're any kind of a compassionate person is a smiling person or two sitting up there holding a six-foot-long check with grin on their face for oh, everybody man, to see. The worst. And you you unless you've had any experience with this kind of thing, you have no idea how miserable your life can be after you're a lottery winner. But you set it up first and then take it, which they are apparently doing, and I could not be happier for those people. That's a chunk of change where I come from. Yeah. I could live on it even if I had to split it with somebody.
1: Yep. Full disclosure, I bought some Powerball tickets on the way here. so I'm not
0: surprised. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, there are some other things, alternative minimum tax things that nobody really cares about. But the most important thing to me is that the tax brackets only went up 7% despite the reported inflation rate, even for Social Security being 8.6. So yet again we have another element of, of bracket creep coming into the tax code. So if you feel like you're getting more behind instead of further ahead, that's part of it. But you, you take what they give you, I guess. Um, there are four ships out there right now, that's all, down mm-hmm. from 109. And we hope that it doesn't mean that demand has actually dropped to the point where there's just no demand anymore, because then we'll go into a deep recession or a depression I wish the Fed a lot of luck. It's a very difficult time. I give them a lot of grief. They earn it because they caused this thing. But I still want them to be successful because if they do well, we all do well. That's what really matters. Thanks for listening. We will be back here at the same time next week. And never know what we'll talk about. This is the We Financial Hour.